Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry Live. That's right, we are live. We have always been live. But I'm coming um, to you this morning in our home, and we give God glory that we can still come to you live out of the home. Now, if you, um, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry family, are on our um, website and cannot hear us as clear as you've been hearing us on Sunday mornings, just pray for me and my husband. We've done the best that we could. But I believe that you can still hear us and see us through the website. So to God be the glory. I am so excited for what God is doing, for what God has already done, for what God is getting ready to do. God is such an awesome God. He is worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of all the praise. I just give him glory, honor, and praise for what he's doing through what's happening around us. And I'm telling you, it is more to come. And that's why we have to prepare ourselves, prepare me to make ourselves ready before things begin to hit this earth. Do not think that just because you are born again, just because you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that things are not going to happen to you on this earth. But God has given us everything we need to go through whatever tries to come upon us. Let's go into prayer so we can go into the word of God, the word of life. Father God, we just thank you on this morning. We thank you, Father God, for giving us another opportunity, another chance, God, to be before you on this morning. God, we thank you for breath that's in our bodies. God, we thank you, God, that we can hear, that we can see, God, that we can walk, that we can talk, God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, God, for giving us the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, who is our keeper, Who's the, the one that watches over us to comfort us? The one that walks alongside of us? God, we thank you. And we thank you, God, for our minister, ministering angels that minister to those that are heirs of salvation. God, we just thank you for everything that we have in you, in Christ. God, we just give you glory. And God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor and all the praise. Now, Father, I ask that you open, that your people hearts are open and receptive to receive this right now rhema word from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go into the word of God and hear and see what God has to say unto you today. I believe that this word is for all of us today. I am the first partaker of this word, and I believe that those that are listening on today will receive something from this word. I want you to know that this word will quicken you. Quicken means to make alive. It will bring life to you. God said in his word, the spirit quickens, but the words that I, the spirit quickened, the flesh profit you nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Did you get that? The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So we get life from the word of God. This is why the enemy does not want us to get into the word of God because the word is what brings us life.
to get anything. We get into the word to know what we already have. God wants us to have everything that's good because we know in the beginning everything that God created was good. And after he got through with his creation, it said, the Bible says that it was very good. And then the Bible began to say, and God rested on the seventh day. He rested on the seventh day because he done everything that needed to be done. Did you hear what I said? God done everything that needed to be done so he didn't have to go back and redo it again. So God rested. And this is what God want us to do. He want us to rest in him. He want us to put our trust in him. He want us to rely and depend on him because he has done everything that need to be done for us. And the way that we receive everything that God has done is through his son, Jesus Christ. This is the only way we can receive what God has done. Some of us are trying to get things from God. Born again people, people that are saved, are still trying to get something from God. But God has already given us everything we need in Christ. In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. Now, I haven't even gotten into where God want to take you on today, so let's go there. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phones, if you have your tablets, go with me to Psalms 18. Psalms 18. And I'm going to start out with verses 1 and verse 2. And let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. He said in Psalms 18, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. This is David. And the first thing that David said is, I will love thee. Now, David could not love the Lord unless first he knew that the Lord loved him. So I want to start out with um, the title, Whom or What Are You Trusting? We talked about this a few Sundays ago, and I want to go back into it, and I want to add some more to it, because in these evil days, we have to put our trust, listen to what I'm saying, we have to put our trust in God and God alone. And David had a relationship with God, and the relationship that David had, David acknowledged, I will love thee. When you recognize that you love someone, it's because you have spent so much time with them and you're seeing the love that they have for you. You're seeing that there's nothing that they would not do for you. So we have to know the love of God. This is the first thing that we have to know is that God loves us. Do you know on today that God really loves you? Do you really know that within your heart that God is a God of love? The Bible, is, the Bible tells us in John 3.16, yes, we know this, yes, we quote this, but do we really know this? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, God 
God gave a son that was so dear to him. God gave a son that was blameless. God gave a son that was pure. God gave a son that was sinless. God gave a son that didn't deserve to die. Come on, that's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son, a son that he loved. He gave for the world who didn't deserve to live. That's the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was his one and only son. Can you imagine giving up your one and only child? I'm reminded of how Abraham, he waited 25 years. Can you imagine waiting 25 years for a son? God had given him a promise. And when he got that promise, God wanted to see where Abraham's heart was with him. So God told Abraham to give his only son. And when we look at Abraham, it's just bringing us up to what God was going to do concerning Jesus. So we know what happened with Abraham. We know Abraham trusted God. He depended on God. He loved God so much because he knew that God loved him. And he sacrificed his son just like Jesus was sacrificed for us. But it goes on to say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that those who believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This was the only way we could have everlasting life was through his son. So God loved us unconditionally, meaning that God looked outside of us. He looked outside of what we were doing and how we were doing it. That's love. David knew the love of God. He knew God loved him so he could love God. First, we have to know God's love before we can love God. So when we look at that first verse, he's telling us that he loved the Lord. But David had such a relationship with God. I want you to catch this because this is what um, caught um, my eye. This is what brought some illumination to me as I was sitting there reading this. And sometimes we go through the word of God, but we don't stop when the word is speaking. See, God speaks through his word, and we have to stop, and we have to hear what God is saying for such a time as this. So we talked about love. Love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. It's outside of us. It's outside of what we do or how we do it. That's just how much he loved us. The Bible said he proved his love for us. Even when we were yet sinners, he died for us. We were still in our sin, but that didn't stop him from laying down his life for us. But that second verse goes on to say, the Lord is. See, David was making it personal. We have to make it personal when it comes to God. Just like I'm up here ministering to you, I'm ministering the word of God. But my relationship has to be in a place with God. So when I minister to you, you know that I have been with God. You know that my heart is for God. You know that I know the love of God. See, you have to make it personal. The Lord is. David was making it personal. He said, the Lord is my rock. See, my rock. He was letting us know that the Lord is my rock. David had to know that God was his rock. 
He went on to say, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. That means he's his protection. He's his stronghold. He's my deliverer. He's the one that rescued me. Then he goes on to say, my God is my strength in whom I will trust. So David was making it personal. And I'll give you some examples. When we make a relationship personal, I, I, my husband would always say my wife and I would say my husband because we know we belong to each other. Because of the relationship that we have, we put my, we make it personal. We let people know that's my husband, that's not your husband, that's my wife, that's not your wife. Why? Because we spend time with each other. And the more time we spend with each other, it becomes so intimate, it becomes so personal that we don't let any or anything or anybody come in between that relationship. How can um, we get so personal and so intimate? Because the closer we become to one another, the more we get to know one another, the more we can be there for one another and let people know that's my husband. No, you don't talk to my husband that way. That's my wife. You don't talk to my wife that way. Why? Because it's the love that we have for one another. Because we have that intimacy. David had such an intimacy with God, he can say, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my strength. And then he said, I will trust. See, you have to, you can't wait until a storm come to say, I trust God. Because if you haven't spent time with God, if you haven't gotten intimate with God, during that storm, you're not going to make it. But when you get intimate with God, when you spend time with him, you can be just like David. You can say, my God is my rock. My God is my fortress. My God is my strength. My God is my deliverer. You're making it personal. And I'm going to tell you something. God is not man. And I want to say this, and I know some people get upset when I say, put no trust in man. And let me break it down to you even the more. Man, we develop a relationship with men, with a man. How do we do it? We'll say, my doctor, my barber. We'll say, my lawyer, my dentist. We put the my in it because we're making it personal. We're trusting them. We have put our dependency on them because we go to them. We go to them for our routine checkups. So we come to know them and we begin to talk with them. When we go to a lawyer and we sit with that lawyer because they're helping us with a traffic ticket or they're helping us, you know, with whatever they're helping us with, we begin to say, my, and the more we go to them, the more we get confidence in them, the more we get trust in them, the more we turn our life, lives over to them. And then we refer them to somebody Someone else because we feel as if if they've done it for me, they can do it for you. But let's stop right there. The Bible tells us, and I want to give you a few scriptures on this, what the Bible is telling us about man. I am not knocking man because God did put man here for a reason. He put doctors here. He put nurses here. He put firemen here. He put all type of occupations here for a reason. But God does not want us to put man over him. And I'm going to break that down even some more because when we don't understand the difference.
word of God says in Psalm 6011. It said, give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of for vain is the help of man. Listen again, it says, give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. What is this saying? It says in the Amplified, oh, give us help against the adversary, for vain, ineffectual, and to no purpose is the help or salvation of man. You got to realize that man is here on this earth, but man is not God. Man does not know what God knows. The only way that man will know what God knows is if man is serving God. I'm going to say it again. The only way that man will know what God knows is if man is serving God. That's the only way. And if man is still serving God, if man don't develop their relationship with God, they will not be able to understand God. They will not be able to um, come to the knowledge of truth because they're acting carnal. This is why you have to develop your relationship with God. A carnal man cannot receive anything from God. So we got to understand a fleshly man cannot receive anything from God. David was putting his total trust in God. Why? Because David had enemies. David was in a battle. We know how he warred with, with Saul. So he had to put his trust in God. This is why David was making it so, so personal. We have to develop our relationship with God in such a time as this. We cannot put our confidence in man. Let me give you another scripture, which says in Psalms 118, 8 and 9, it is better to trust in the Lord. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princesses. Why is God saying this? Because he know man will fail. Man's intentions are not to fail, but man will fail because they're not God. So God want us to go to him first and foremost. He want us to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, his way of doing things. And the Bible said all of these things shall be added unto us. Let's go a little bit further with David. Go back to Psalms 18. It says, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my strength and whom I will trust. So David put his trust. He relied on God. He had confidence in God. He was leaning and dependent on God. And then David said, my buckler. He knew that God was his buckler. He was his shield. He was his fortress. He was his protection. And the horn of my salvation, my high tower. David had to get all that out to let people know that he had a personal relationship with God. You have to make this personal. We have to spend time with God more than we're spending time with other things. We got so many people that are trying to spend time with God when the storm comes. And it takes longer for you to come out of the storm because you ain't been spending time with God. You think you okay because man told you this. So you depending on what man is saying. But God already know what's coming. God wants
wants your heart to be prepared. He wants your heart to be ready for what's yet to come. You cannot get prepared and ready if you're not spending time with El Elyon, the most high God. You got to make him your most high God. Now listen at what David said after David made this personal. David had a personal relationship with God. When we look at verse 3, he said, I will call upon the Lord. He will call upon Jehovah, the self-existing God. You got to see God as the self-existing God. You got to see God before anything or anybody else. You got to know that there is no other God but him. You got to see God as the creator. You got to see him as Elohim, the one who created um, nothing and brought something. The one who took nothing, that it was nothing there. It was nothing that existed. And he brought something into existence, existence that did not exist. He is the creator. He is Elohim. Nothing would have been made without God. Come on, y'all. Nothing would have existed without God. There was nothing there. It was empty. It was dark. But when God began to say, let there be, the Bible said, and there was. What was it? It was light. God brought light into existence. So we have to trust in the God who created everything, who know about everything, who's upholding everything by the word of his power. God is the one that created it. God is the one that know about it. Our dependency, our trust have to be in God in such a time as this. The Bible said, put no confidence in man. So he said, I will call upon the Lord. Why was David calling upon the Lord? It says here, who is worthy to be praised. Come on, David said, I will call upon the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? David knew he could call on him. And as David began to call on him, he began to praise him. Come on, let's give him some hallelujah. Let's give him some praise. Don't wait till something come. Every day we should give him some thanks. We should give him praise. We should honor him. We should glorify him. Because without him, we wouldn't be here. Come on, when you think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you, I know he's done something for you because he's done something for me. See, when you have that relationship with God, it don't take much for praise to come up out of you. It don't take much for you to say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Thank you, God, for seeing me through. Thank you, God, when I was down and out. God, you lifted me up. Thank you, God, when I felt alone. God, you comfort me. Come on, you can give him some praise right now where you are. You can glorify God because God is a good, good father. I'm going to tell you something about spending time with God, about being in his presence. When you spend time with God, people are going to know that you're spending time with God. And you don't have to say anything. Yesterday when I went, uh, me and my husband went out, I told my husband normally I go to Walmart to do my shopping. And, and all of a sudden I had an unction, no, I'm going to go to Food Lion. So when I went in Fulani, 
was doing my shopping, I had went around the corner and there was a guy that worked there, a young guy, and he was, you know, stocking the shelves and I picked up what I needed and I went back around the corner. And when I went back around the corner, he came from around the corner and he was saying, can I say something to you? I have to tell you what God is telling me to tell you and I have to tell you what was going on with me. He was letting me know, he said, I was talking to God because I was anxious and I was thinking about my job and I was thinking about all of these things and, and, and as I was talking to God and I was just so anxious, he said, when you come around the corner, he said, I felt the peace of God just come all on me and I was at a calm. And let me tell you something, at that point I began to minister to him even the more because I knew it was not me, it was the glory of God that was coming from me. How could the glory of God come from me like that without me saying anything? It's because when you spend time with God, God's glory is going where you go. And people are going to begin to feel the peace of God that's coming from you. This is why, saints, we need to spend time with God. We need to get in the presence of God for real. I'm saying for real. I'm not talking about getting in the presence of God just to show off, show off and show up somewhere. I'm not talking about getting in the presence of God and crying out, God, when are you going to use me? God, when are you going to allow me to do this? God, when are you going to allow me to do that? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just being still and knowing that he is God. Come on, just giving him thanks, just giving him praise for what he's already done, saying God is not about me. It's all about you. Come on, when we get into the presence of God, it will be just like Peter when they saw his shadow. They were laying the sick down and they were getting healed. Come on, this is a personal relationship with God. It's time out for looking for titles. It's time out for see me, hear me, be attached to me. It's time out for all of that foolishness in the times that we're living in now. We are living in a crucial time, and I'm telling you, God wants you to trust him. He wants you to lean and depend on him. He wants you to cry out to him and knowing that he's our father. And the reason why you know he's our father is because he's in you, and the spirit is crying out, Abba, Father. So David said, I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. David had an assurance that he would be saved from his enemies. That's why he was calling on the Lord. That's why he was trusted in the Lord. David knew that it was done even before it took place. David knew it was done, even in the midst of it, he knew it was done. He goes on to say in verse 4, now I want you to understand this, listen at verse 4. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. 
Now listen at this. Remember I said, you got to prepare your heart before your battle, before your storm. David had a relationship with God. So by him having that relationship with God, by him getting intimate with God, guess what? In the midst of his battle, he could say, the Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strong tower. He is my high tower. The Lord is my deliverer. David already knew that God was going to come through. Let me tell you something, saints. We think just because we're saved, nothing is going to come and attack us. That's when it's going to come and attack. But when it comes to attack you, you got to know that God is. Who is God to you? When sickness comes to attack your body, you got to know that God is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. You don't wait to sickness attack to know what he is. You got to know what he is now. And when you know what he is before something comes, when it comes, you can stand up proudly and say, the Lord is. That's why David, even in the midst, he was saying, this is how I feel. Let me read it again. David said, the sorrows of death compass me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. Come on, some of us deny what's going on with us. Let me tell you something. This is a body. I don't go on my body. But do my body go through? Yes, my body goes through. I'm pretty sure your body goes through. But see, I don't go according to my body, but I'm not going to say it don't go through. Hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to say it does not go through. Yes. It goes through. I'm pretty sure your body goes through. I'm pretty sure your body has been through something. But one thing that I can say, whatever my body is going through, it don't affect my spirit. My spirit is the real me. My spirit is what has healing, deliverance, prosperity. My spirit has everything I need. To give to my body for it to live the life that God wants me to live here on this earth. So let's quit denying. I'm not this and I'm not that. Guess what? When things are happening in your life, you need to say, yes, the enemy is trying to attack me with sickness, but I am the heel. Come on, somebody. The enemy is trying to make me depressed. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, somebody. You got to get over you. You got to know what the enemy is trying to do, but you got to tell him, I know who I am now that I'm in Christ. This is what David was saying. Come on, we need to quit trying to be pretenders. When your nose is running, oh, you, your nose is running. You're trying to take a cold. The cold is trying to come at me, but I am healed of the Lord. So you're not saying my cold. You're not making a personal relationship with sickness. You ain't saying my sickness. You're not claiming the sickness. You know the sickness is coming. It's coming at you, but you're not claiming it. You're not saying you know how can I put it? When it comes to your bills, you're saying yes, the bills are piling up, but I am debt free. 
given me a promise. See, when you know what the promises of God is, just like David. David knew he was in a battle. He did not deny. David knew he had enemies. David knew that he was afraid. He didn't deny that. But his dependency was on the word. It was on God. So let me tell you, by David trusting God, by David depending on God, our dependency, our trust, our confidence has to be in God. We have to trust him in such a time as this. We cannot put our total dependency on man, waiting on man to come up with some, something to save us. God has already saved us through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our Savior. David recognized that. That's why he said he is the horn of my salvation. He knew that God was the only one that could help him. He knew that God was the only one he could depend on in his troubles. Did David get down and out? Yes, he did. Let me give you another person who got down and out. We talk about him all the time, which was Elijah. Y'all know how Elijah spoke that there would be no rain. Come on, he was a prophet. He was a mouthpiece for God. But when he spoke, it was not going to be any rain. Guess what? There was no rain, y'all. Just like God had said. But guess what? He was in the midst of the famine. Do you think that God would have us to speak on his behalf and not take care of the ones that is standing up for him? So God told Elijah what he wanted him to do. Y'all know he told Elijah where to go. And he said the raven would feed you there. Guess what Elijah had to do? Elijah couldn't stay in the same place. Elijah had to go where God was sending him. So our problem is we want something to happen before we obey God. You got to obey what God is saying. You got to move when God is telling you to move. He moved where God told him to move. He said the raven will feed you there. Come on, God had already spoken to the raven. God had already had a plan. And when he got there, he was fed. But when the brook dried up, let me tell you something. God fed him miraculously. But when the brook dried up, God told him that he had already talked to a widow. And the widow would sustain him. Come on, y'all. Our God has a plan. But you got to be in a place to hear what God is saying. God is going to lead you to yourself. That's why you got to trust God and not man. God always have a plan. Oh, I bind a fence right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority over offense in Jesus' name. I'm here to give you what God is saying. Come on, come out of the flesh. We don't live according to the flesh. We live according to the spirit. This is why people are so angry. Christian folks, they're living according to the flesh and not according to the spirit. So the woman, she sustained Elijah. God made provision for Elijah. But this is the part I want to get through. All of the things that Elijah went through, and he saw the hand of God move. We know how when there was um, the prophets of Baal, and what Elijah did with the prophets of Baal, and he killed the prophets of, of Baal because he was letting them know that God was the only true and living God. After that, Jezebel sent him a message. And when he heard the message, now think about this. 
Jezebel was not there, but she sent a message. How many times have the enemy sent a message to you through someone or the TV or something, and it brought fear and you began to run for your life? And that's what Elijah did. He began to run for his life. But God still didn't give up on Elijah. God was still there for Elijah. God still comforted Elijah in, in the midst of him being depressed, in the midst of him wanting to die, in the midst of him feeling as if he was the only one left. God had a plan. God has a plan even in the midst, y'all, of this pandemic. Even in the midst of what's going on around us, God has a plan. Our dependency has to be on God so we can live according to his plan in such a time as this. This is not the only thing that you're going to go through while you're here on this earth. There are going to be more things that come. But God wants us to be prepared through his word, getting to know who he is, getting to know about him, getting to know the names of God. Once we get to know who he is, when things pop up, we can say, the Lord is mine, just like David was saying. But after David said all that he said, because David trusted God, he believed in God, he stood on the word of God. Let me tell you about my God. After David did all of this, when we look in verse 7, remember David said he called on the Lord? Verse 7 said, then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. This was God at work. See what I'm saying? God is going to take care of his people. God is a present help in the time of trouble. Did you hear what the word said? It said, then the earth shook and trembled. Come on, that was the power of God. God was on the move on the behalf of David. And then it said, there went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. Did you hear what I said? Darkness was under his feet. Why? Because God showed up and he showed out. That's the same God we serve. But what is the difference in David's day? An hour day now. I'm going to tell you what the difference is. El Shaddai, the Almighty God, El Elyon, the Most High God, Jehovah Rapha, the God that have healed us. Come on, Jehovah Nisi, which is our banner, Jehovah Teskanu, which is our righteousness. Come on, Jehovah Shalom, which is our peace. Come on, Jehovah Shema who's going to always be there. What is the difference? He's in us. The power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of us. Meaning that if that power is on the inside of us, we got to let him out of us. So there'll be a moving and a shaking and going on on this earth. We got to let heaven invade the earth. It is in you. The closer you get to God, the more of a connection that you make with God, the more heaven is going to invade this earth. The more people are going to see that there is a God. We have to let people.
know that there is a God. You have to let God out of his box. You cannot let God out of his box serving two gods. You cannot have any other God before him. Come on, your dependency cannot be on what man produce. Thank God that man is trying to produce different things to help people live. But the only way you're going to have eternal life is in Christ Jesus. There you go. You're mad again. You're mad again because every time someone mentioned putting your trust in God and not man, you're getting upset. You need to turn your face to the wall. You, begin, you need to be crying out to God, calling on him and saying, Father, what would you have me to do at such a time as this? God want us to let him out of a box. He want us to let the world know that he is God. He want to be glorified through us just like he was glorified through David. God was showing people that he is God. Saints, we have to rise up. We have to develop our relationship with God even the more on a daily basis. Listen to what I'm saying. On a daily basis. Not just showing up in church just to say, I'm in church. You can be in church, but the teachings, what's being brought to you, you're not allowing it to get in you. How do I know this? Because it's too much division in the churches. It's not unity in the churches. People are turning against each other. The love of God is waxing cold. Come on, we're living in perilous times. So this is why I'm saying, when you spend time with God, you don't hold on to grudges. You don't hold on to unforgiveness. You forgive. You don't hold on to sickness. You letting sickness go because you know what God has already done. The Bible says he has already healed. He has already delivered. He's already blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's already done everything he's going to do. He's not going to die again on the cross. Once Jesus died, he came and sat by the Father because it was finished. It was done. It was over with. We're sitting with him above principalities. Above thrones and dominions. Above spirits of wickedness in high places. And spirits of darkness. We're above all of those things. Those things are beneath us. Remember it said that darkness was under his feet. Because he's above it. He is light. And in him there is no darkness. Let's get over these past hurts. Let's get over what we think and what we feel. It ain't about your feelings. It's about, the Bible said, be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only way change can come is by you renewing your mind, knowing who you are now that you're in Christ. That's when change will come. And we have to let this Change come through the word of God. This is the only way we're going to make it in these trying times. We cannot put confidence in man. Again, we do go to men for certain things. Yes, we do. But our confidence cannot be in him. It has to be in God. We have to trust in God with all our heart. 
We have to lean not to our own understanding, but acknowledge him in all our ways, and he shall direct our paths. He shall instruct us. He shall teach us. He shall show us the way we shall go because he guides us with his eye. He gives us the counsel that we need in this dying world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. We don't do what this world does. We don't live according to the world. We live according to the spirit. We have to let heaven invade this earth. People need to know. I'm telling you, prepare yourself. Get yourself ready because there's going to be nowhere you can turn, nowhere that you can go. Come on, they're turning people away in the hospitals. They're becoming too full. They're turning people away. Come on, we can't even get people to fix things. You can't even get cars you want to get now. Come on, open your eyes. They don't have enough men and women to do what need to be done. Come on, they don't have enough people to go in the restaurants and cook no more and clean no more. Come on, the people um, can't even go into the schools and teach teachers and everybody that people are dependent on. Come on. It's not happening. Come on, open your eyes. Come on, you can't even go in stores no more and get the things that you need. Come on, the prices of meat is skyrocketing. Uh, I looked at a, a pack of bacon that used to be $3 is $8. Come on, somebody, a pack of bacon. This is why I'm saying you cannot put your dependency on man. Come on, to get a repair done now is months down the road. You can't even get furniture like you used to get furniture. You got to wait six months to a year to get a piece of furniture. Why? Because man is limited because of what's going on. We got to rise up, church. We got to teach them how to dwell. We got to teach them how to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Because the Bible said, he who do, oh, I hear you quoting it, but are you living it? Come on, we quote that scripture. But if you don't get the first two verses like David did here, you just quoting it. Because when it get in your heart, he who dwells, come on, when you're dwelling in a place, you're remaining in that place. That's your place of safety. That's your place of protection. And you know when you go in that place, nothing can harm you. Nothing can touch you. Come on, God wants us to teach people how to dwell. Teach people how to remain in that place. God wants us to let people know, come on, that he is God. He is God Almighty. He wants people to know that he will raise the dead. Hallelujah. Yes, I said it. The same way he called Lazarus forth. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. Those times have not passed. God is still God. God sits on the throne, but guess what? He's in you, and everywhere you go, he goes, and he don't want us to walk past anybody. He wants us to give them hope in times like these. Come on, God is keeping us. God is hastening his, his word to perform it. So I'm going to ask you, in whom or what are you trusting? In these last days. Whom or what are you dependent on? Because I'm going to tell you. Things are running out y'all. Things are running out. People are getting tired. Doctors, nurses. 
Come on, CNA workers, LPNs, firemen, all these people that we depend on, paramedics, they're getting tired because they're overworked. It's so much going on. It's time for us to rise up in prayer. It's time for us to come together in the body of Christ. Every joint supplies. God has use of all of us. Quit speaking evil upon each other. Come on, saints, yes. We're speaking against each other. We're waiting for people to fall. We're waiting for something to happen. That's a spirit of witchcraft. And I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we shall rise up in the authority that God has given us. We shall bring heaven down here to invade the earth. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. God has given us everything we need to do what we need to do. But what we have to do, we have to get in place to trust God, to be able to hear God, to carry out what God wants us to carry out. And we have to love one another. And now how can I hate my brother and say I love God? Come on, we got to get over this hate. We got to get over this strife. We got to get over pride. Where pride is, there's a fall. When you always look into you and want people to exalt you, you in pride. And that's what's stopping you from doing what God has called you to do. God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. So I pray that this message that I have brought forth today has encouraged you to let you know, just like David, David trusted God in the storm. He didn't wait until the storm was over. See, sometimes God want to see if we can trust him when our bodies are weak. When we feel like we can't make it, God want to see if we're saying the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my protection. The Lord is my strong tower. See, don't wait until it's over and say, hallelujah, thank you, God. God brought me out. No, in the midst of it, we should be saying, hallelujah, I am who God says that I am. I can do what God says I can do. Even in the midst of this, it don't change who I am in him. In the storm, that's when God is seeing who's trusting him. Not waiting until you come out and say, I trust God. Come on, you got to trust him going in, and you got to trust him coming out. He is still God. Amen? So at this time, I want to pray for all those that are out there that's going through in your bodies right now in Jesus' name. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you right now in Jesus' name. That we are the healed of the Lord. Listen to what I'm saying. You already healed outside of how you feel. Because God told us to command what belongs to us. Command your healing. Be healed in Jesus' name. I'm commanding healing. I'm commanding what God has already made available for us in Jesus' name. God said we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I speak right now that you're recovering in Jesus' name. I speak right now that you're rising up off of your bed of affliction in Jesus' name. I speak to pain in your body. I command it to go. I command your body to come into alignment with the word of God. 
I curse every cold virus out there in the name of Jesus. And I lose God's healing. I speak that every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint in your body is already the heal. Not going to be, but it's already the heal. So you rise up and you be who God says that you are. You are the heal. You are the prosperous. You're not lacking anything. There's no lack in God. God has supplied everything that we need. So let's rejoice again. I say rejoice because God is still good. His goodness is not going to change. He gives us new mercies every morning. So be healed. Be made whole in the mighty name of Jesus. And I want to say this. During this time of the pandemic, you're not going to know who you're around. You're not going to know what they're carrying. Because at this time, people have to work. They cannot stay out of work or they cannot support their families. This is why you got to get to know him. You got to get to know God. You cannot depend on this, that, or the other to keep you. Because people are out and about. They're going on with their lives. You have to go out and about. You have to go to work. So you got to build yourself up in the protection that he has given us according to Psalms 91. He is our protector. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide up under the shadows of the Almighty. We shall say of the Lord. See, you cannot say until you know where you're dwelling and who he is. We're saying, but we don't know. Get to know him for yourself. Quit depending on someone else. You got to know how to cry out to God for yourself. You got to know how to depend on God for yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you can't get me, when you can't get your barber, when you can't get your doctor, when you can't get your lawyer, when you can't get your electrician, when you can't get all of these people, you can cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have for me to do? That's developing your relationship. Get your mind off of nonsense and put it in this word. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. I speak that blind eyes are seeing, the lame is walking, the deaf is hearing, incurable sicknesses and diseases are being healed right now. In Jesus' name, saints, rise up in your authority. And know we here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry love you with the love of God. God bless. To God be the glory. Amen.